0: Releases Mwanga Mataeli. Slips away from Evans. Got too close to that.
1: And in they go. The Crusaders beautifully worked. That's Brazil. Had to let go, because he might have been offside. Now charging onto it is so has got oh, right a <laughs> <laughs> Kia ora, now to, now falava, now to, now to now. Falava, and welcome to another episode of the Counter Ruck, a podcast where we discuss all things rugby. I'm the host of the Counter Ruck, Stacey, and today we welcome a knowledgeable panel of rugby enthusiasts. So let me start by introducing everyone. Uh, firstly, we have our uh, loose forward expert, Dan, Dan, thanks for coming on, brother.
0: What's up, man? Yeah, thanks for having me on once again. Sweeters. Uh,
1: secondly, we have uh, Papakura, rugby legend. Saleh, Saleh, thanks for coming on, bro.
2: Oh, Not too sure if I'm a legend, but thanks for having me on, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice, bro. And last but not least. We have the host of the back of the 135 podcast, Diard Blues fan, cams. Uh, cams, thanks for coming on, bro.
3: Thanks for having me, man. What's up, everyone?
1: Nice. All right, boys. So uh, let's take um, care of a few housekeeping things before we start. So we have our website going now. Uh, check us out at www.wizwiznet.com. And also you can follow the Counter rack on Twitter and Facebook. So give us a follow and give us a like. Now, I'm also happy to announce that the WizWiz Wiz network is expanding again. And Sully, uh, you've been a regular on the counter and you've decided to do your own uh, podcast and add it to the network. So um, I'll hand it over to you, brother. What's, um, what's your podcast going to be about, bro? And can you give us a bit of insight?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's still a work in progress, but um, I'm looking just to get some guests on that can pretty much um, share their story. And um, it's pretty much going to be highlighting, like, excellence, um, which whatever industry or whatever avenue you've chosen to go through, and more so just telling your story and from where you started to where you are, and if it can help to um, inspire or give off good advice to those who are listening, that's pretty much the main goal behind it. But at the same time, just have a bit of a bit of a laugh and some a good. Good, good vibes as well, behind it as well.
1: It does sound like it's good, so I'll definitely be keeping an ear out for for it. And um, yeah, let me know if you need some guests and I'll try and see if I can help you out. <laughs> find some good
2: yeah, sounds some good, good,
1: man. Uh, guys for you boys. Um, yeah, alright boys, so uh, we'll get into it. Um, Super Rugby Aotearoa just finished up over the weekend. So I wanted to um, spend a lot of this uh, episode uh, dedicating it to um, the competition and just doing a review and revisiting some of our earlier predictions way back in episode one. So I wanted to start by looking over the uh, Super Rugby competition and um, just just get some initial thoughts on it. So um, Dan, I'll come to you first, brother. What did you make of the competition? And any highlights or anything that really stood out for you over the the eight-week comp?
0: Yeah, overall, uh, the uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa was a good competition. Uh, There was some good battles out there and it was... um, I can tell you it was better than Australian rugby, <laughs> the super rugby. <laughs> uh, I don't know what um, Rob Caper was talking about when he said that any team from the Australian side cannot take on any New Zealand side. I don't know what games he was watching, but um, yeah, man, it was some really good footy out there. Um, I kind of um, lost touch like in the last couple of weeks just because I was uh, transitioning from Wellington to here. So I didn't even watch last week's game, but all in all, man, I, I really enjoyed the. Um, The competition, really, um, really good games, especially with uh, our five New Zealand uh, franchises. Sorry about um, the Chiefs there. Yeah,
1: yeah, good point. Um, was a good comp. But uh, what about you, Sally? What did you make of the the overall competition? And have got any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've been waiting for this type of performance from the Blues for like 16 years now. <laughs> and the last time they did well was probably what, maybe 2011, 2012. With, but in saying that, um, um, it was just good just to see um, the Blues do well in all phases, just to um, start off um, probably from the other Super Rugby comp, they didn't really start off that strong, but near the end of it, they were doing really well, uh, where Super Rugby Aotearoa, they started off with a bang, and then, you know, it just seemed like they grew from there. Um, if anything, um, what I got from the whole comp is that uh, the Crusaders are still the team to beat, but I feel like um, maybe the all the teams are slowly closing the gap, and it just it's it's a sign that um, most of the franchises are doing their doing their job well in terms of studying them, but as well as holding on to their own players as well and to try and breed their own local talent. So, um, for me, it was just good just to see um, just New Zealand teams play against New Zealand teams. I know with the other Super Rugby, it would be like, what, three, four rounds before we saw a derby, whereas this was just every week, pretty much every game, was like a must-watch game. Um, No real blowouts, everything was all, you know, closely contested, and, yeah, it was a bit unfortunate uh, regarding the Chiefs and their season this year, but one th- like you know, like most of their games were all decided within five, so you know, one one core goes the other way and you know it might be the Chiefs near the top of the table. So I know be um don't know what the platform will be for next year, but if it's something similar, uh man, it's exciting times. Nice. Nice some good thoughts there. All right, yeah, so Kemp, I'll come to you brother. What what's your take on
1: the um Super Rugby Altero competition that we had this
3: year. Yeah, you know the um, the NBA. The NBA restarted recently, and and what they did, they they cut out all the teams they couldn't make the playoffs, so they were left with the last twenty two teams, which were the 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 best teams of the competition, which made the which made these seeding games the NBA had the recent past two weeks, which made their games really competitive. So every game was like a playoff game, and and I think that's what you saw with Super Rugby Altero which are in my opinion, the best teams in the whole competition. So I think putting those five teams together in one competition, you're going to have quality games every week. And that's exactly what we saw. And even though the, the Chiefs didn't win the game this season, you put the Chiefs against any Australian team, they would have probably come first over there. So so I think in terms of competition-wise and competition itself, really strong and a real exciting you know, it was a really exciting competition, and you you saw top quality rugby every weekend. Uh, also, I think the upcoming uh, minor ten cup, um, you you might people might say you know it might be a, a diluted version of of Super Rugby, but I don't think so. I think the next step for New Zealand rugby is to try concentrate. I I in my opinion, try concentrate on the minor ten cup because again you you'll see some of the best rugby in the world played in that competition as well. I really enjoyed this season, the Super Rugby New Zealand season. I'm really looking forward to the to watching the money Yeah, team. nice,
1: some um, good points there, particularly around um, the upcoming Maritain Cup because uh, the New Zealand Rugby Unions definitely treated it like a third tier competition. They don't get any of the All Blacks coming through, but with no internationals, I think that we will see, you know, yeah, your Bowden Barrett and Sam Cain, or maybe not Bowden Barrett if he's off to Japan, but, uh, you know, guys like Sam Cain and Sam Whitelock and these top level players playing in that competition, which is what we want to see. Um, yeah, I think you guys made some really good points about the uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa. It was good to see, basically, teams playing their best team every week almost as well. So there's a lot of squad rotation that they do under normal circumstances. But with the local derby, and I heard this from Sally how every game, was, every game mattered and every game was sort of like a almost a, a, a final-ish intensity. Um, so you couldn't afford to just give the B the B team much much game time, whereas when you look at some of the other in the previous um, iterations, if you're playing the Sun Wolves or someone like that, you can afford to to risk some of the guns. So I enjoyed the competition, and yeah, I think you guys hit the main points. But um, just looking here, I've got the competition table open up here on a new tab. So I'll just quickly run through the final positions. So the Crusaders, the Crusaders finished first on thirty points. The Blues second, twenty four. The Hurricanes 3rd on 21 points, Highlanders 4th on 14th, and then the Chiefs on the with So I want to start, yeah, I suppose we'll start from the bottom, we'll just do a review of all the teams and start from the bottom and work our way up. So I remember in our first episode, uh, we all had a prediction as to who who would win the wooden spoon, and no one, no one picked the Chiefs. I, I think that basically all of us thought the Chiefs would be a bit more closer to the top then they would be to the bottom. But um, zero wins, eight losses, they were pretty poor. So, uh, uh, Sally mate, I'll come to you, brother. Um, what went wrong for the Chiefs, and, and what did you take out of the, the Chiefs' season?
2: Um Probably just really unlucky with the COVID-19. I think the momentum they got in the first Super Rugby probably didn't translate into the new competition. Uh, but at the same time, they just... Um, Other teams just caught up to it, uh, caught up had the time to rest, had the time to recuperate and um, everyone pretty much ended the last competition um, on a high or like heading in the right direction. I think Gatlin probably didn't adjust to the speed of the competition, especially now that it was going to be all New Zealand teams. So obviously his style of play or his style of coaching probably didn't suit well. to Super Rugby platform, especially with the new rules on speeding up the game. Um, there are a lot of injuries as well, probably their, their loose forward was probably, I mean, their tight five was probably the weakest it's probably been in a couple of years, especially with no um, They had two young locks pretty much from their second game um, second game onwards. Uh, their Lucy's besides Sam Kane, really um, inexperienced and it's, it's just when you don't have a forward pack that's going forward you've got no platform to set up your back so probably the main probably the main work on or the main um, issues with them this year would probably be just, just their forward pack just not being um, as stable or as dominant as probably past years
1: Yeah, yeah, so good points there particularly about the forwards um, I definitely had some some things, yeah, and we touched on a lot of those guys, like, I mean, but Dan, you talked about guys like Ardron that they were missing, um, who, you know, sort of some unheralded guys, but when they're not there, they realise how important they are, particularly their leadership, and Retellick, who um, some of the boys mentioned last week, he's uh, irreplaceable, so... Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said there, Sally. But uh, what did you what do you make of the
0: Chiefs this year, um, Dance? Yeah, I I, I agree with um, mostly what Sally was saying, man. And, and like, you know, to be honest, and um, with Ice sitting there, we should rubbish the Chiefs because you know what? in like, the first, um, first like half of this competition, man, the Chiefs didn't play bad at all, and it was. Just, this all comes back to what um, Sally was saying. Every game, and and the, the, the opposition team that they were playing wanted it more, you know, and it showed. They only lost by a few points. So, like in the beginning, they they did look like they were uh, lacking in leadership, I think, and um that was when um, the injuries were enforced by like um the likes of Sam Sam Kane and, you know, and like those other players that we don't have like the Adrons and you know, Ret- Alex and like they played a big part and um. But when uh, the CMK did come back, I, I felt like they did find their feet and they did come back stronger. But, man, just just again, what I was saying is, like, they didn't have bad games, man. They were just so unlucky in most of all of their games. But I, I do I do reckon, like, near the end of this competition, they kind of, like, already knew their, their competition was over. So, you know, they tried their best and they tried to come out. And, you know, they picked up some real, real sad, bad injuries, like, with Malay Marlow. Man, he was... I, I don't know why they didn't start him in, in a couple of the first games he would he would have come out he would have come out blasting man and I reckon he could have made a difference um but you know he got injured like uh, when he when he did start and
1: yeah, yeah do we have positives about
0: the chiefs too who, who do we think was a standout player um
1: dan said who did you like in the chiefs as... um just trying to find mm. something positive. I know I was just sitting right there, cringing can, in the corner.
0: <laughs> I could tell you that uh, Lachlan Bosch here had a, a me in season. Yeah. He's okay. he's even pre even previous game and he kind of came out, I reckon, in this competition. He was a very good Lucy, I'll, I'll, I'll take uh, Lachlan Bosch here.
1: Nice. How about you two boys? Have you guys got any other standout players for the for the Chiefs or anything else that positive to add? <laughs> <laughs> this season was zero wins. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, probably the only good thing yep. would probably be um, like to put down all those Northern Hemisphere supporters, calling Gatlin the best coach in the world and can't even win his, uh, one game in the first Super Rugby competition, so I think this has probably put the Northern Hemisphere on check in terms of, because um, I know they, they hold their competitions of rugby up there to a higher esteem than the Super Rugby, but... Now, that's probably a good reality check for them. And hopefully, um, if anything, um, the, the positives out of this is that like you can't get any worse. So, it, like, all the lessons that they have probably went through, they're probably going to take that on board. And you'll, they'll probably come next year firing, I reckon. And, like, uh, I reckon they'll be the team to watch out for next year because, like, like we've all pointed out, you know, Especially if they have all their leadership group back, I reckon they'll probably be a team to to watch out for.
3: Yeah, you're right. If, when you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere to go yeah. but up. Yeah. yeah. You know, next season when they lose the first five games, they're still in the same position. Yeah. At the rock bottom, so there's
2: still a chance to go up. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think um since Super Rugby started, the Blues have <laughs> ever got on a wooden <laughs> spoon. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah this-
1: yeah,
2: most, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, So like you, you know, as yeah, like, much, a much shit much the so, blues get, man. Um, yeah, we. As a
1: positive. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know,
2: yeah.
1: uh, you know, uh, Kems, I'll give you a shout out because you, you identified um, Bushier in our in our uh, very first episode as one of the standout players. You picked him as, as one of your guys, and I agree with you, Dan. I thought he was probably the best player. He led the competition. And turnovers, um, and I think pre COVID he was way ahead of everyone, but this competition again, he was like the the master at the breakdown, which he's really proven himself to be. So, good call there, Cams, on that first episode, and I agree with that call
0: on, uh, nice. on nice. that one. Um, hey, with, uh, you know, another good thing that's come out of uh, the, this, this chief side is uh, they're, they're two young locks, you know, they're two Bubai and um, Naitoa uh, Akui. Right, those guys are uh, next level uh, Locks say they'll be coming through through the ranks there. I, I reckon that these guys have got a big future if they stay on top of their game.
1: Yeah, good call on it. They, they got a bit of a baptism of fire because I don't think that they were the starting lock combination that Gablin had in mind, just but with the amount of injuries that you guys have touched on and lockers in the deep end a little bit. But mm. you're right, they'll be better off coming to experience. Yeah. Isis has had okay. his last straw on all of that. He can't listen to any more, so he's about to leave. But, boys, um, <laughs> have you got anything else you just want to add on on the Chiefs before we, uh, we look at um, our next slot?
2: No, no, we're good, mate. you going to be?
1: <laughs> nope. So, um, after that, we had the... So after that we hit the the Highlanders. So the Highlanders finished um, second to last with fourteen points. Uh, so they had three wins and five losses. So just a quick reminder about our um, wooden spoon predictions in episode one. I think uh, Cam's you had the Highlanders for last. Joey, and I think Dan's too. You picked the Highlanders uh, to pick up the spoon. So. I suppose based on those predictions, second to last is pretty good for them. <laughs> we didn't give them much a chance, so that's overachieving for the, for those guys. But um, yeah, Dan, I'll come to you, brother. You you had the Highlanders um, picking up the spoon. So, mate, what did you make of this season, and, and what what stood out for you uh, for the Highlanders?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, Highlanders. Uh, they were my uh, wooden spoon pick right in the beginning of this uh, Super Rugby um Aotearoa. but um. Man, what, what a what a what a team, eh? Like strong, such a strong side, and um, and it just shows that these guys uh, persevered to get these games under their belts. Um, especially when they were like the underdogs, eh? When, like you know, obviously we we called these guys out and saying that these guys were going to be at the bottom, um, but they did struggle a, a bit. Like uh, I think in, their, in, the, the outsides, in the in the the upsides and the beginning there, they kind of got caught out. Well, the Blues caught them out and um, see that uh. The coaches had um changed changed a few things out the back out the back there. But um must say the Ford the Ford pack was was um carrying this team, I reckon. Carried this team throughout all their games. Um one one standout player that I, I must mention is uh is uh, Marino Mikaeletu. He's he he was my bolter from the beginning. From the get go, and you know, like man, it's just impossible to get up there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that whole loose forward battle in, into the the North-South games, which we'll talk about maybe next week, and just the All Blacks in general. There's so many good young loose forwards coming through, and um, Marino he's added his name to the list. So it's it's someone's going to have to miss out, and it's just interesting who doesn't get in. Like we talked about Pohshi with the Chiefs. Uh, Marino, when we do some talk about some of the other teams, you'll hear um, a lot of loose forward names coming through, and that's something that's come through strong in the comp. So good call on that. But uh, Sali, mate, what did you make of, of the end here? Uh, yeah, the
2: Highlanders uh, were uh, they 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 were they were, re- they were really good. Uh, a bit unlucky with some games, especially uh, against the Blues and against the Hurricanes. But man, there's there's enough talent there to to have um, to have them um, be competing in the future years to come, uh, I think if anything, it showed how good uh, Aaron Major as well as Tony Brown and the coaching and the management team are. Um, probably don't have as many superstars as the other teams. Call, yep. But the way that the way they game plan around teams is is probably sick to none. So mm. um, yeah, their their management team really uh, did a really good job. Um, probably the standout for me would probably be. Um, Shannon Frazel, I think why he was selected to be an All Black was pretty much showcased in probably the last yes. last five games. He's like really um, stepped up into the role of number six, um, in terms of being the enforcer as well as um, the ball of the team or, or the forward pack. Um, he did it here. He's played really well, uh, really strong over the ball, um, strong in his carries, and just a, a real dominant um, tackler as well. So. He probably um, put up his hand uh, for number six, and if anything, um, with the loose, the the and the competition there is um, four spots. Man, it was good to see him. Like um, in, you know, I think with the last couple of years, we've been trying to look for a six. Whereas now, you know, they're coming left, right, and centre out of nowhere. So it's good to see um, players like that, like really embrace this challenge. And um, yeah, that, that was probably the the highlight for me in terms of. Um, who my standout player was for the Highlanders season
1: oh nice um, yeah yeah, I agree with a lot of that Frizzell he was a beast <laughs> Frizzell was a beast <laughs> um, sorry I missed some of that but yeah Frizzell he was awesome um, uh, some good points there They, Aaron Manger, Aaron and all the rest of it I thought did a pretty good job and um, yeah the Highlanders uh, hey second to last I'll, I'll give them credit for that I didn't think that a lot of people just think that do do that good. <laughs> but uh, Kems, Kims what did you
3: make of the of the um the Highlanders there? Yeah, I thought the Highlanders were really exciting to watch the, this year. Really exciting. Um Got yeah it. Aaron Major did a good job. especially that game against um the Chiefs when they when they came back from what was it? Twenty nil or something? Yeah, for for standouts, standouts for me was were, was um Aaron Smith. Yep. he's he's just shown, recently in New Zealand, he's the, he's done, still the number one halfback. Shannon Frizell was for me the most consistent player out of their squad, mm-hmm. so he gets a mention there. I wouldn't have picked them to be one of the most exciting teams in in the competition, but but they were. Yeah,
1: I think you guys said that the three guys who really stood out of the three guys you've mentioned So Frazel, Marino, and um, Aaron Smith, and those three guys had a massive hand in pulling them off the bottom to second to last. <laughs> so you know, good on them. I think they'll. I also thought when, um, when Joshua was got healthy, he made a big difference just those last mm. couple of games mm. as well. So, you know, if he could have been fit from the start, you know, he knows, um, you know, yes, I, I thought they had a good year. I'll give a special shout out to, uh, Josh McCoy. Uh, I remember when we were doing Soliola Cup podcasts, he was, wasn't getting much love from, from any of the boys, <laughs> but, uh, he's, he's improved so much in those last couple of games. So I think, um, you know, we we'll talk about the north south probably next week. I wouldn't be surprised if he might get a maybe a bench spot just on his performance in the last sort of two or three weeks. Um, so yeah, you know, when you we call people up for not playing good, you got to give them some credit. So Josh Mackay, well done, brother. Um, nice. Yeah. So any you guys got anything else you want to add on the um, on the Highlanders before we start moving up the table? Nope. Nice, boys. So, um... And the Hurricanes. Yeah, so in third spot, we had the Hurricanes. So the Hurricanes had quite an interesting... Well, I actually picked them to win the Wooden Spoon, which looks pretty... pretty gay now. But, you know, when they lost their first two <laughs> games, I was looking like a genius, you know? But then they won four in a row. And they still... At that point, they still potentially could have, um... had the chance to win the comp with two games to go. Um, It wasn't to be, but, um... You know, Dan, I know that uh, you spend a lot of time in that area of the country, so I'll come to you first, mate, the Canes. Or how did you see the Canes?
0: Yeah, the Canes, yeah. It's funny you say they lost their two games, and I think those are the two games that uh, uh, Geordie Barrett didn't play. Yes. I think once he came, he came back in, man, he changed the game for them. Um, he made a big difference, especially with uh, the converted, um, you know, the conversions and the penalties because, you uh, I think I said it before that uh, Jackson Garden Basher was just he didn't have the the range as um, Geordie had, so he played played a big part in the, them coming back. Um, I think I think um, Nani Nani Mappe picked up his game too. He he came through some good um, um good good skills in the back line, especially with his kicks, because, you know, we all said he was a one-dimensional, you know, everyone's saying he's one-dimensional, but he's he's becoming to evolve into a, into a good uh, number 12. Um, I'd say um, I'm wondering uh, with TJ Perenara, if his, if his spot in the ABs is, um, is, is getting jeopardised there by with, with the likes of uh, Finlay Christie, because uh, Finlay Christie is, is playing some good footy at halfback, and... Um, we all know that aaron smith is um the number one halfback um but i think fin- the way Finlay christie was playing this season i reckon he was a bit better than tj perinara not saying tj didn't play bad and i just reckon that um uh Finlay christie had a upper hand and that but um yeah all in all these guys um played well you know one one standout player is, is another Lucy as well, is probably Duplicy Cariffi. He's uh, uh, the, uh, the loose forward that picked up a north or south team here, and it's like you said before, um, Stace, about these Lucys coming through now, man. and the, uh, the, the, the the selectors have got a big job ahead of them with these Lucys, man, because there's so many Lucys putting their hand up to take these um, positions. And, you know, we all know that Artie Savia is the as the man at his job, um, yeah. yeah. And um, Peter, uh, was it Peter Umanga Jensen, Umanga Jensen mm. coming through near the end there. He's had a few good games at uh, centre. But yeah, my standout will probably be um, Duplessis Griffy. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, how about you, Sally, mate? How did you see the Hurricanes um, taking up the third spot?
2: Oh, um, the Hurricanes or Jordy Barrett? Um, yeah, probably. Um, like you guys already pointed out, man. Like, I've never. Um, it's hard to see one player make so much of a difference, but no, nah, that's what he did this year. He, it was like he was just that missing link or the missing role role player that kind of brought everything along. And I don't know, maybe they just needed that one win to kind of band themselves together and build the trust and build the belief within the team. But yeah, so um, yeah, it was it was re- it was really good to um, I mean for the competition itself or. It was good to see them um, play well. Probably after they beat the Blues, it, they just looked like a team that was unbeatable. They just had so much belief within the cells, and it was it's a good, it was a good mixture of um, old and young heads coming through. Um, you've got Dane Cole still, I believe, still deserving a black or deserving of a black jersey. Um, I think by the end of the, by the, yesterday or the last season game for the Hurricanes, uh, we started to see Adi. Um and just the way he normally plays, like real reckless with his body. I know when he first started off he looked like he was a bit shy with his knee. Where whereas now yeah, he, he it looks like he's back to back to that form again. So still wasn't really sold on um on their forward pack in general. Like but I think one uh, probably a good player for me would to highlight would probably be oh sorry, two would probably be yeah, Peter Jensen and um uh Asafo Almo. Asafo played really well this year. Uh, there was times when um, he started and Dane Coles was um on, on rest. Um that I thought uh, especially against the Crusaders, uh, played really well. I thought like he outplayed um Cody, Cody Taylor. So um yeah, those were prob- those two players were probably the bright um spots. I mean the, uh, yeah, besides Jordy Barrett and um Jody and um, what's his name? Ngani um, um I thought those two were pretty much the other standout players.
1: Yeah. Nice. It's interesting that debate between um, Omoor and Coles because I thought, yeah, I agree with you. At, at times, I thought Omoore playing better than Coles, but they kept on going back to Coles. He's got the experience and he's probably got uh, yeah. a bit of faith just given on his performances. But I think I agree. I think O'Moore he's the future of um, the Hurricanes and probably the all, possibly the All Black um, number two as well so uh yeah good good thoughts there i agree with all of that um yeah I, I had big questions about the four pack as well which is why i picked them for the spoon but yeah i'll give them credit they played well i agree with karifi um what, what's his name Ari Savia. like you mentioned he grew into the season and got better once he you know you expect a little bit of um hesitancy or whatever it was just coming back from a long-term injury but um yeah Kims what did you make of the of the hurricanes this year <laughs>
3: Yeah, I find the Hurricanes interesting this season. Um, you know, for a team that's had the ups and downs in terms of um, personnel changes over for this season, for injuries or whatever, you had Ben Lamb um, leaving the club halfway through, you had um, Lomapi's injury, Jordy Barrett wasn't playing in the first two games, um, Adi Savia coming back from injury see all, all these things in the background happening, but they still managed to win five games in a row. So the, to, to me, they're pretty s- a solid team. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so. I think
1: uh, when Sally, like you mentioned, that they've got that mix, and you know, I think that's going to hold them in good stead because some of the young kids coming through at the Canes are, are pretty special. So I, I agree with that call there. But uh, yeah, you mentioned the guys, Geordie Barrett. He was awesome. Uh, Peter Mungajit, Jetson who you all touched on. Um, yeah, he really came of age this season. Uh, one thing I'll say, Joey mentioned in our uh, preview how the Hurricanes, if they were going to be any good, they'd have to fix their lineout. And in the first two games, they were basically in double digits for lineout losses on their own throw. So already, um, and I think that contributed a lot to their first two um, two games that they lost. They fixed their line-out as the season went through, and they, they got a bit better. And I think that um, that really helped them um, get get a few wins later on. But uh, yeah, by the end of the season, the lineup was still the worst uh, statistically. Anyway, <laughs> so shout out to Joey—he's not here today—but uh, yeah, he spoke about the lineups in our preview, so that came to, came to pass. But boys, have you guys got anything else you just want to add on the Canes, or before we move on to? Uh...
3: Yeah, interesting enough, I'm just looking at the stats now, and and they they got up to seventy nine percent success rate on their lineouts. Um, the average the average the average is 85 percent
1: yeah so yeah they are not they <laughs> that's improvement i think they would, they would have been in close to you know mid-60s for the first two games so they, they did improve but i think i remember sally you also mentioned in one of um uh the first pods that you came on how that their locks aren't tall they don't have like giant locks so mm. that also contributed to their lineups um issues so but uh, boys, anything else you just want to add on the Hurricanes?
2: Nah, just the fact that they probably be, um, didn't do as well as the Blues on the table. Just thought I'd highlight that to all the Hurricanes fans out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. They, they, I don't know. They need to get something sorted. I know, like uh, Garden Bishop and stuff, he's, I don't know he's got a few issues, but uh, they got Fletcher Smith there as well. I don't know if he's any better, but <laughs> uh, yeah. First five, first five, definitely going to be an issue for them going forward. My mm. boys, um, we'll move on to second place. So all, most of us blue supporters here. So the Blues um, in our in our opening episode, our predictions, where well, we we went to pick a winner. Uh rog, rog picked the Chiefs to win the competition, so we'll just ignore <laughs> it. <laughs> Ignore what he had to say, and he picked the Blues to win the Wooden Spoon, so he, his predictions were pretty horrible. But um, I know myself, and Dan's also you. You picked the Blues, the Blues to win it, mate. So um, they, they had a, they had a, a decent year—five wins, two losses—and the one match that was called off last week, the Crusaders match, due to the mm. COVID lockdowns. So, uh, Dan's mate, what did you make of the Blues this season? Seeing so you, you picked them to win it, and
0: uh, yeah, how Just do you feel I... like it? Just faith, mate. It's all faith. You see yeah. a good team, mate. It's, uh, even for pre-COVID, they, they had a good side. Um, what do you call it? Uh, I remember you talking about, like, or uh, well, someone was talking about in the last podcast about the, the culture that we... I think we had to talk about the culture... That the Blues, we reckon that it, the culture change in the in the team, and it could have been come it could have come from Leo McDonald because you know he's a ex Crusaders because we all know Crusaders is just a good team, and obviously their their culture is just like probably you know a really good culture that that, cotton walls these players and just like keep them strong um, on and off the field, and I think that's something that that happened here with the Blues with um, Leo McDonald and the likes of Dan Carter. As soon as Dan Carter came on, he was that voice in the team. Um, I think Caleb Clark said something um, about Dan Carter's words and um, I can't remember, there was someone else that said um, Dan Carter, when Dan Carter spoke, everyone would just listen and it was just um, I reckon that could be a main, main, main factor, a main point in the, in, the, in the turnaround of this team is the culture and that's the most important thing because um, as rugby players, um, even in club rugby, um, as Sally would know, you know the culture plays a big part in in, in the team's successful, you know, being successful in it. So I reckon they were kind of weak, in the, in the days before now, mm-hmm. and the culture was kind of split. You know, I don't know, I don't know what it was like, but that's 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 what I believe. Um, and um, yeah. I think I think we we got a good talking about the team. I think we had a good team, man, and um we had some good bench players as well uh coming through. Uh loving loving Finlay Christie man. He's a he's a big change cause, uh I was actually a big Sam Nock fan because I wasn't I wasn't enjoying uh Jonathan Ruru's play. But when Finlay Christie came on man, he was just neck level and just like he was he was awesome to me. Um what else? Uh, and it was just a shame that some of the players uh, broke team protocols, which meant you know they they had to stand down for a couple of games. And funny enough, those games we lost. Mm. So you know that that comes back to the team culture again. It's, you know, it's got to strengthen that uh, the being tight as a family. You know. Looking after each other, first and foremost, and you know, just look after each other. I reckon because those guys that team, break team product away, it's 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 on them. eh? it's uh, you know, um, yep. you don't you don't really hear. Anything like that coming from the Crusaders, if you know what I mean. Like we, all well, f- probably a month ago, we we heard the Highlanders were going crazy in, in some some hotel room, you know. But you never hear these kind of things from um the Crusaders, and um, oh. and it's all due to that. But yeah, all in all, I reckon um we had a good, good season. I would love to, I would have loved to see uh, Bowden Barrett at ten, but. And saying that, I actually liked him at, I actually wanted him at 15 because Otere um, Black wasn't doing a bad job. Um, yeah. But, yeah, standout player. Um, there's another Lucy, number seven, <laughs> Dalton Papali. I'm not being a Lucy bias there, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Dalton Papali, man, he stood up and, uh, man, he wanted that number seven jersey. And, you know, it was just unlucky that Blake Gibson got injured. I think he's... Man, he's... I, I feel sorry for Blake Kiskin because he always gets injured, and 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 he's yeah. he's such a good player, you know. We haven't really seen him shine as much as you know, because I know he's a good, really good player, and it's just a shame that he gets injured. But we got see, like I mean, we got good replacements like Dalton Papali coming in, and um, yeah, um, I reckon we 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 would have beaten the Crusaders on Sunday. Yeah. mean... <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, it's interesting you talk about the culture because I remember when Sally was on a previous podcast and we talked about how, uh, I think after that Blues-Chiefs game, where the Chiefs were hammering the line and then um, someone won a turnover and then we, we won the game at the end, we just held on. Whereas, you know, in previous years, we probably would have lost that game. <laughs> it's, I don't know if it's like lack of mental fortitude back then or poor culture or whatever it was, but those types of things seem to be behind us i hope and now we can win those close ones as opposed to you know being good for 60 70 minutes and losing it at the end so i think i'm not sure if that's cultural or what it is but i agree with you uh there's that that some definite changes are happening internally that we're probably not aware of which um look good for the blues um you keep naming these Lucy's. Uh, so if you're the All Blacks, you're probably about 15 in your team. But, um, yeah, I had to argue with Dalton properly. If I'm being honest, uh, he had a good, a good year again. But, uh mate, I know you're a Blues fan as well. So um, give us your take on the on the season for the Blues.
2: Yeah, it was a uh, man. It was a really good season. Or season was um, inspiring, and uh, for all of us here that are long-time Auckland fans, it's we feel. Vindicated and in, in terms of our loyal support, um, feel like it's all being justified. So, um, if anything, this is just uh, for the first year. Um, Leon McDonald came onto the, the team last year, and um, it was. Um, I mean, there there were some games where you could see like you know they were starting to turn the corner, but then. Um, Instances of the password rear its ugly head, but this year, um, man, they just played like a more mature group, uh, a group that probably um, believed in the in the process a bit more, believed in the in the systems, and, and you could see it clearly on the field. Um, you know, uh, probably one person who had that you probably didn't highlight, um, only because he's been injured, is Hoskins. You know, like. Um, He's probably the standout player for the Blues In terms of the fact that His play has put other players on check In terms of Akira Ioane As well as Dalton and Blake Gibson So um, they're, they're breeding a culture Not only of uh, discipline, accountability But um, at the same time A competitive um, culture uh, In the sense that Your jersey is not going to be there for you next week Every Every day you, you turn up You turn up to work for your jersey and that's something that's been really lacking in uh, the Auckland, um, Auckland, um, the Auckland Blues um, system, but probably in Auckland rugby in general. A lot of players that have been coming through have been kind of nurtured through the system, um, and then you, you invest so much into these players that you have to, you're forced to pay them because, you know, you've already put too much um, resources and funding into them. So, and then then it's put back onto the players to try and succeed in an environment that they probably. Not comfortable or um unfamiliar with so um i think leon mcdonald pointed that out earlier on in the season it, it just the, the players are there it's just all about maturing now and, and creating that self-belief so all those um all those close wins that we got this year pretty much um it's up to build that um, system of belief uh within the players so th- that was um that was probably a, a, a really good moment for us blues fans um but yeah, in saying that yeah, probably Hoskins, Satutu, my my standout player for the year. Um, in, in terms of the, or oh, even um, Kurt Eklund, yes. coming um, coming out of nowhere, he's played really well. Um, oh, you know, us is probably put a stand for standout player of the year. I I would probably pick him slightly over Hoskins only because he's played more games. Alex Hodgman. Um, he's 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 played, he's played really well. Alex Hodgman.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yeah, 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 Because, yeah,
2: man, like, the amount of dogs I had on him last year for his scrumming and his playing, man, he, it was like a total different player. Uh, but then that comes down, to, I think I listened to your other guy's podcast, or was it the, the Zealous guy, the off-season work that he put into his body, like, body transformation, and just, man, he looked like the best shape of his life, and the way he was playing on the field. Yeah, so, like... um yeah. yeah, oh, it's real hard to pick a player because I think with us we're so accustomed to mediocrity that like when you see all these players playing way above their um their standard, it's like you don't know who to pick because um yeah another person I would say would be Offer as well. Yes. Like uh, there's two, there's, yeah, there's too many um, players that I don't know who to pinpoint on. Like there's no one player that created like you know this massive change compared to the other teams. Um, but yeah, those are just a few of the the names. I'm happy with where our forward pack is, um, especially with um with the defense. Mm. Like, you know, like we, we we made teams work for the for every meter and that's probably one good thing is uh we weren't so passive on defence. We don't leak a leak that many points. We weren't playing a game where it was like whoever scored the most points would win. Um so that was pretty good to watch and, and our backs it was good just to see our backs play um that old flair the 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 counter-attack rugby that auckland was known for back in the days you know we've kind of lost our way so it was it was, it was really good um it was really good to see all of that um coming to fruition this year so yeah a, a lot of a lot of feedback for me on my end but man that's a lot of years of frustration as well
0: <laughs>
2: yep
0: nice sauce
1: nice yeah, some good points some um, good points there. I, I like the point about um, you know, the competition for spots. So Hoskins he's one mm. of the guys like like you mentioned who really uh, fits in with that. And good on Leon McDonald for making that call as well at the start of the season. Because Akira was almost a guarantee starter for so long and he could sort of rest on his laurels and then, you know, game one of the season and then, and then Hoskins has sort of come in from nowhere and you know, he chose Dale McDonald's not afraid to make some harsh calls. Mm. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I agree with all of that. It's good when you say that there's not really one guy that you can pick to stand out when there's multiple. Because in previous seasons, you struggle to find one guy who's really
0: <laughs> had a good
1: season uh, after the Blues. So this is a really, real big change for us as Blues fans. And, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said there, Sally, So good points all around. Uh, but two you, Cam, um, what, what did you take out of the Blues, Blues this year?
3: Yeah man, very, very happy with what the Blues did this season. <clears throat> Especially from last year. Like last season we came third to last. You know, and um and after that season, after that poor season, we lost Ma'anonu, we lost Sunnybo Williams, we lost um Milani Nana. And if I remember while I was thinking like if we're gonna come into this next season, moving Rico Ioane to centers, having the, the young um NPC level Auckland guys moving up into starting spots, I would have said, Oh, we'll be last. But nah, it didn't. And, and that goes to show how a good coach Leon McDonald is. Mm. Because you guys talked about the culture before, and that is probably exactly what has changed. If you talk about players coming out of the Blues, yeah, that have made some noise, you know, Hoskins, Satutu is one of those guys, and that's a good thing to see. But now, nah, man, you know, coming first to last, to number two, yeah, man, that's got to say a lot, you know, and I'm, I'm so proud of the boys and and happy yeah. for the season.
1: Yeah, good points there. Um, one, one thing I'll say, Mark, Mark Talia, so he was one of the standout guys pre-COVID. Yeah. He didn't. I don't know. He didn't get much chances in the board and come his way as much. Um, and he probably got out outshone a little bit from Caleb Clark on the other wing. That's uh, one thing I'd say. But yeah, good to see guys like Akira get some consistency in his game. He had one of his his better seasons and has probably put himself back in the All Black mix. So another loose forward. But again, I think that comes back to the competition, which you were touching on before, uh, Sully. So he can't just sit back and just. You know, be inconsistent because he won't play. It's that simple. They've got too many good players and there's too much competition with spots. So that just makes them train harder. And I think those are showing on the field. But I've got one question for the boys, uh, just as a Blues fan. Bowden Barrett, he's going to be leaving next year. So are the Blues going to be alright or are you going to start falling back? Uh, <laughs> you know, once you lose some world class players, Dan, um, what do you think? You think the Blues have really turned a corner or. I know, Rog. He um, he he thinks that this is sort of just a one-season wonder, and once <laughs> Bodie goes, it's going to be back to the old blues. Uh, what, what's your take on, on that for next year? Do you think that's going to be all right? Or...
0: Well, you know, well, Bodie did make a difference in our in our team at the back there, um, but I think we'll be safe. He wasn't he wasn't um, controlling the ship. You know, if you if you know what I mean, he um Otele Black was so, he was our safe guy at the back, and he was putting in some good boots there, um, good kicking yards. But I think we'll be safe um, with the likes of. I think they they're, they're going to talk to Dan Carter about next year, but I doubt that He'll come back. So there's two, there's you know there's kind of two. Well, actually one more spot that we could probably pick up another outside. I don't know I don't know who, but um. I think I think we're in a good position. People say, man, that that we, us losing Bodies is a big thing, but man, we were winning games without Bodie pre-COVID, so there's no we, we've got nothing to worry about, you know.
1: Yep, I hope you're right, Ava, eh? Because you know, as a Blues fan, you can't take these one-hit wonders for sure. <laughs> but DC, um, Rog, you wanted to ask about uh, Dan Carter. You know, was that signing a waste of time? Is this is yeah. question. Um, I know we brought that up last week. Uh, Sully, mate, do you want to take that one? What did you think of DC? He didn't get on the field, so I think that's his perspective. Do you think that was um, a poor signing by the Blues?
2: No, no, I thought it was it was a good, it was a great signing. Um, so he came, he came in on uh, on a. Uh, I'm not too sure what they call that contract, but it's like a, 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 he just covers injuries. So he signed on a minimum contract, mm. so like he only gets paid more or more incentives when he gets more uh, game time. So he's pretty much what your like, say your your local Auckland player who's called into the team from the ITM. So he's on a minimum minimum contract. So you get the, the amount that they paid for his knowledge of experience. Uh, you know, I, I think they probably got that back in tenfold, and mm. him just being in the in the environment. And just teaching our younger players coming through the habits on what it is be- to become a true champion, especially at first five where you're 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 at the helm of the ship throughout the whole uh, you know throughout his whole career. Um, yeah, the the knowledge that the, the younger players would have would have got, and just it, it just seemed like like again like what I said before, like their cultural competition, they put a black on check, they put um body on check, and it just seemed like they played a lot better. Um, probably a person that we're missing out on if, with Bodie leaving is uh, Perifita. Hopefully he can stay um, injury free. Um, but him and Terry Black earlier on in the season was pretty good um, in the first uh, Super Rugby. So I'm um, I'm excited to see how that goes again. But we do have other f- first fives and fullbacks um, that are readily available uh, as well. Not saying that they could make up for uh, the knowledge as well as the skill and ability that Boden has, but um, if anything, you know that the culture that they're trying to build is, is you know whoever steps up into that jersey will do the job, and I, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I know it's going to be tough without Burden, but like um, Danny said, we were doing well without him as well. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year without him as well. Yeah,
1: nice. No, so I agree about the knowledge. Eh? The knowledge is. Um can't replace all those years of experience that he brought through and he was able to teach some of these young guys so uh, yeah I think Roger's just got some sound but good points from the boys I think uh, yeah yeah, I agree with you boys. With I think the, the Blues are going to be alright and this is sort of the the start of a uh, kick start of us getting back to you know the former glory days but uh, yeah boys have you guys got anything else you want to add on the Blues before we um, look at this last team here the Crusaders
2: um probably one thing from me, um do you reckon uh Michael Collins we just played him at the wrong position? Or was that sonny do you reckon he we should have played him at do you reckon we played Michael Collins at the wrong position? Yes he's been carving at 13 for the Highlanders. Yeah. yeah. I did bring that up. I think I
0: put that up here. I put that up in one of our uh one of one of our podcasts. <laughs> Michael Collins was playing me in a center. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was cracking that, up at that as well. That's
1: uh, that's that's uh, old old Blues mismanagement from the the old days. Uh, <laughs> McDonald right. would have gone
0: Neon McDonald <laughs>
2: would
0: have played on that Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Collins was playing fullback for the uh, for the Highlanders when they, uh, one, one game. I can't remember who they were playing, and then they shifted him to centre. Bro, he made all the difference, bro. <laughs> and that's what I brought up. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. He was good. He played awesome at centre. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what um, if he would have got much game time there because they had Rob Thompson and then he kept mm. getting injured and then it's sort of on the back of that that he made that transition into sort of center as a cover, but he was awesome there. So, you know, that's mm. probably where he should stick. He should probably stay there from now on.
0: It's a good option.
1: Good on, good on uh, Michael Collins. Another guy who leaves the Blues and does better.
2: <laughs> 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 Nick <laughs> Hopefully those days are
1: over as well. with guys leaving and being better. But, um, yeah, boys, um, so we'll look at the Crusaders. So the Crusaders finished top. Um, That was their fourth straight total that they won. So they finished with six wins, one loss, and the one match called off, which we talked about, which is the uh, the Blues game last week. So it's unfortunate we didn't get that game, actually, because the Crusaders and Blues – you know, I think well, that was that was essentially a final. So, um, yeah, if I look at our um, round one predictions about who was going to take it out, um, Joey and Kems, you picked the Crusaders mm. as well uh, to take it out. So, uh, Kempz, wait, I'll, I'll give you the first word. What did you see in the Crusaders where you thought that they'd be the, the team to beat and they'd win it all?
3: Uh, just just on the back of how they are, you know, they're always up for big games. And, you know, they're always a hard team to beat, no matter if you're playing them at their house or your own. Just a quality side, eh? and they have been for a number of years. And just the ability to just, just swap their players every, every, every week. You, you, you get guys coming off and on the bench... And and the bench guys can are like starters. Mm. It's like an all star team they've got. Every time like I remember I remember like back in the days when um when Dan Carr left and um and McCall left and you think, Oh yeah, that's it for for Crusaders, but you know, Richie Mwanga pops up out of nowhere and he's he's the guy he is. You know, they 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 just replace all all, all the all star players, you know. It's a rugby factory down yeah. there.
1: They're an absolute juggernaut, aren't they? So they lost guys like um Digg and and then Will mm-hmm. Jordan just comes in and then they, they've lost some other guys around Crotty and they just Good Goodhue to 12. But the, they can just unearth some players. Eh? Mm. They're just a well-oiled machine. Um, mm. So I agree, agree with you there. Um, yeah, I think if you're picking with your head, which you obviously were, Crusaders are probably the obvious pick, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come to you, uh, Danza. What did you make of the Crusaders this year?
0: Yeah, just at the, the back of what Cameron said, man, they're just a quality side, man. What can you say about the Crusaders, man? They're champions. Um, like, like you got you see the well-oiled team, and they got players. They got talent all over the place. Um, you know, even when their players <laughs> do get injured, these young players like Cullen Grace got injured. Um, Ethan Blackadder, man, they had they had uh, these bench players that that would come in, and and they had um, ex- the extended players that come in, also starters like. Um, that uh Harvilli. and the and the and the in the flank there he was good. Um but yeah, all in all, man, these guys uh man such a such a great side to to, to watch. Um it was, it was they've had some good games, man. they good game against the blues, that was a good game. Um they had a good game against the, the Hurricanes. They're that, they're that kind of side that, you know, um they if they're down like first half, man. You know they're going to turn up the, ne- the notch in the next um, in the next half, and they man they proved that against the Blues, and one thing the Hurricanes did do good against them was just had their upper hand, and um, they were unlucky to lose that game the Crusaders. But um, man, congratulations to the Crusaders, and yeah, shot uh, for your prediction, Cams and Joey.
1: It's it's a thing though because basically every game they played there was like quite close at halftime or 50th, 60th minute even. And then the Crusaders just pulled away at the end like they do. So, yeah, yeah I agree with your call there, Dan. Um, they're just so good like that. But, uh, yeah, uh, what about you, Sari, mate? The Crusaders, how did, what did you make of, of them this year?
2: Um, pretty much the same as, same as you guys. Uh, for me, it's always the same mentality. Uh, uh, to be a champion, you got to beat the champions, eh? Um. And Crusaders have been like that for like the last, whoever know how long they've been winning the competition. So, you know, to, to truly stamp your mark on any super rugby competition, you, you've got to be able to take care of the Crusaders and um, they just know how to win. You know, they, it's, it's just bred into the culture. Um, it doesn't matter who puts on the jersey, it, you know, um, what they do on the trading paddock and what they put on in the field it just breeds breeds a winning a winning vibe um if if anything this year um the way they were winning was different uh instead of blowing teams out they were just outlasting so you know um with the blues as well as the other teams they'd go all the way to the wire maybe to like the 60th to the 65th minute and then the crusaders just you know um Took it up another level, uh, you know. They it's like they switched gears and, and then they once they smelt blood, you know, they they just they just took care of everything. Um, uh, probably another uh, difference was probably Richie Monger. There's a lot of games where he yep. stepped up and he just, you know, like against the Blues, everything was going against against him, and you know he does that little um, restart kick to himself, and you know that just swings the momentum over. You know, even though nothing um, came out of that break, but you could just tell, like, the the vibe as well as the mood within the Crusaders team, yeah, they they just pretty much got that kick up the ass and then everything was good to go again. So um, credit to, to Scott Robinson as well as his management coaching team. You know, they've, um, for as well as they've been playing, you know, the um, what Scott Robinson is doing down there, um, is really good. I thought he was a bit unlucky with the uh the ABS coaching selection, uh, but I'm pretty sure yep. his, t- his time will come. Um, the one thing I probably put the Crusaders on check with would be their forwards. Um, I thought the Blues did a really good job of outmuscling their forwards, and when when they're not getting good go forward at the breakdown, you see everything start to like become stagnant. Their, their their backs play isn't as fluid, um. If they're not going forward with the with the uh, in terms of being dominant and clearing out the rucks fast, their forwards don't their forwards rely on letting the ball beat the man and um being on the outside of uh of the defender and just always falling forward and then always getting getting um onto the front foot from there. But you. The, the, the good thing that the other teams have, such as the Blues, Crusade, um, Highlanders, and the Hurricanes have, is that they've got dynamic players, that they can create the space. They've got players that got good footwork, that even though there's a couple of people in front of them, they've got the strength as well as the size and speed um, to, to make something out of nothing. And that's what I feel like the Crusaders are lacking. They don't have Lucy's who are game breakers. They don't have, they don't have um, um, a Type 5 that, that are good on their feet. Um, they're pretty much they go in the motions of their game plan, and then they they play from there. And um, I feel like what the what the Hurricanes did was pretty much shut that. Um, pretty much took what the Blues did, but except they finished it. So if anything, um, that's why I feel like maybe everyone's starting to catch up <coughs> to the Crusaders. But now full credit to them on 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 still being uh, the champions that they are. As much as it hurts me to say it, but yeah. They they deserve the, the championship this year. Um they're like like every year, they're always the team to beat. So um like I said before, man, I'm just looking forward to next year um in the competition. I'm just hoping like all the teams just build on from here and yeah, well done to the Crusaders team. You know,
1: they do their core, core roles well. I agree with um Scott Robertson. Uh, I felt, felt a bit sorry for him. I'm not sure if they've named the coaches for the North South. But it'll be interesting, I think, if we get the South South coaching job. You know, we've sort of had a, a rough look here, eh? and we mentioned that before. Dan tell the, the North has just got a pretty stacked team, so mm. he'll have to come up with a pretty outstanding coaching performance, which he's done so far for the Crusaders, and that might mm. just push his credentials even further. So, um, yeah, good points there about the Crusaders. Um, I agree with what you said, Sally, about Munga. He was um, he was amazing, man. I thought he was probably one of the best players of the comp. Um, yeah, so yeah, congrats to the Crusaders four titles. And they don't look like slowing down at all. They look like they'll be there or thereabouts for another two, three more seasons. So the, the Juggernaut just carries on. Uh, boys, uh, you guys got anything else you want to add on the Crusaders, boys? Before I just
0: want um... uh, yeah, to say they've got a they – now they got a nice uh, doorstop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, we'll talk about that, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, when you've got four titles, you probably t- <laughs> you don't mind if one gets smashed up a bit. So uh, yeah, you've um, <laughs> dropped the trophy. Um, yeah, I might, like you might get some of that or uh, 2 whatever they call it, <laughs> <to> Come <laughs> their way. But, uh,
0: to be honest, you know, to be honest, you know what I reckon I don't know. Maybe I'm just be stupid, but. I reckon they would have looked at it and just looked at their cabinet and just looked at their silverware and see this this plaque and just went, what the hell is this? <laughs> so, but, you know, oh, man, I don't, I, I don't blame Man, you know when you win, win something, you're obviously going to celebrate with the trophy and that. <sighs> so obviously you're going to probably drop it. Man, you can't imagine how many times people have dropped the Web Alice Cup or, you know, or the Super Rugby Cup or whatever. You know, but it's it's silverware. You know, they break. Well, you got this and you got that patu on the on the. Uh, it's quite fragile, eh? So it's not one of those things you like can parade around. It's one of those things you just put on the shelf and. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, it's just you just look at it. It's quite fragile, but um, um yeah. It was just it was just funny how they are, are well. It was it was honestly funny to me because I could I could picture them just piling up and just someone just put it down as a doorstop. Just you know? <laughs> <And it's, laughs> is funny to me. It's probably stupid, but yeah, I just freaking that was funny. But they've all they obviously come out and apologised. Even Scott Robinson's come out and apologised. Mm-hmm. And I think the um, uh, the Maldi Boys the, and then the team were actually going to go and see. Um, uh what's his name Bill doyle I think who, mm. uh, who carved in otaki I think they'll personally you're gonna go see him and apologize which is uh which is a great thing you know and that's that's Chris you know that's that's what they do man they're just mm. like just, they're good like that so
3: yeah I, I understand it's it's called super rugby Aotearoa so trophy needs to have some sort of cultural significance to to Aotearoa, our country, but you know when, if your job was to design trophies For any sport, and you're gonna design a trophy for for rugby, you you're gonna take into account these sort of things when you're in when you win. Team's gonna be throwing around the trophy around, and shit's gonna happen. I mean, look at the um, Rainford Shield. There's stories about Rainford Shield being lost for for a few weeks, and then coming and then turning up at the club. Yeah, I think the
1: trophy cabinet was full, so when they tried to put it in there, might have couldn't (laughs) shut the door properly on the (laughs) cabinet. Too many trophies in there. Tom probably slammed it to close it, and might have just broke that one. Um, no, you know, credit with credit to Crusaders, four, four titles, man. Um, man, that's amazing for them. Mm-hmm. But, um, all right, boys, um, I wanted to revisit some of our first predictions, which we didn't get to touch on. So we did have a all-black bolter and a rookie to watch. So, Rog, he had Lachlan Bush here. I suppose I'll put him in that category as a rookie. Cam, you've had Duplicy Karifi. Joey, here, had uh, Cullen Grace who got injured, and Hoskins the tutu. I had uh, Caleb Clark and Dan you had Marino, Mikali, too. So I've got to say those are some pretty good predictions. Um, all of them had pretty good years, to be honest. But is there anyone any um, young rookie that you think really stood out and has put his case further forward for for an All Black? Uh, for an All Black call up the Dance? Other than much. those
0: names, or other than those names, yeah,
1: or, or yeah. yeah, other than those names, or someone who's just re- yeah, someone who really
0: lived
1: up his um, game in uh, this case.
0: Yeah, that's a hard one, eh? Because like all, all the players that I really enjoyed watching and 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 who I think have um, boosted up there are all Lucy's eh? Like, you know, like yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I was going to uh, say, uh, <laughs> I think you see every Lucy in every team, but you know, <laughs> but, again, if I look at these predictions, so we've got pushia Karifi... Cullen Grace a 2-2 and Marino. Mm. So we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5 Lucys picked. And Cullen mm. Grace got injured. So, I mean, I think
0: even yeah, he he unlucky. Yeah, he was unlucky because he was, he was one I wanted to watch too. And he, he would have been up there putting his hand up for a jersey as well.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty happy with these predictions, to be fair. boys, I think um, a lot of those guys will be... Cullen uh, Grace is probably injured, but I think all of them will be in the north-south um, picks so some good picks there. Um, but one more thing we picked was the standout player mm-hmm. of the tournament, which I'm quickly trying to find now. Ooh. Yes, our player of the tournament. Um, rog had Mark Akams, he had had Lockland, Bushier, Joey had Richie Munga, who's who be up there. I had Patrick Tuipulotu, and I, I can't remember who you had. Dan, I think you. I don't think, I, one don't
0: one, think I, I don't think I I don't think I picked one, eh. Oh, yeah. did I? Oh, I
1: didn't think I did, yeah. Yeah, so, um, Kevin Smith, I'll come to you first. Did you have a standout player who you thought really lit the tournament up? You did pick Bush here mm. in episode one, which is actually turning out to be a pretty good pick. I think he's in the conversation, but who, who do you think was the MVP, MVP of the tournament?
3: Uh yeah. Um, I think more recently, for me, I would pick, um, Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith to be my MVP. I mean, man, you take him out of those games that they won, they would have lost those games. Especially yeah. the game against the. Um, I know they lost against the Crusaders, but man, without him, they would they would have lost like by more points. But um, I think his play, especially the last three four games, Aaron Smith. Um, he's he's just been he's just been he's just been real crazy. He's yeah, i to real... argue
1: against that. I thought um, you know the last couple of seasons he was still the best halfback in New Zealand, but it wasn't. As clear cut, I thought Brad Weber yeah. and, and TJ Peronaro were right there with him. But just this season, the season he's had, I think he's hmm. put a bit more of a gap there. So, again, so yeah, good call on that. Uh, how about you, Sally? Who did you see as a stand up player uh, for the year?
2: Um, probably Hoskins before he got injured. Um, not being biased, um, but I just thought. He's probably the eight that um, the All Blacks will be looking for, someone to replace uh, Kieran Reed. Um, yeah, probably Hoskins and I would say Richie Munga. Uh, the way that um, obviously it didn't end well the Rugby World Cup, but I felt like he came back this year a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot faster And I think I'm not too sure what it is But Probably being in the All black environment He, he just sees the game A lot A lot um, He sees the game A lot slower He seems like he's just playing and He just takes his time uh, Some of the stuff That he does on the field Is You just wonder How he gets away with it But Like his His goal kicking Is on point his passing And just his overall attacking You know It's um, Yeah he's starting to come Into his own And um, I think for me What i um, most proud of, and um, seeing him succeed is just um, a a brown first five for the All Blacks. Probably not something that uh, were um, were mostly accustomed to, but you know, um, being um, being a first five is, is a lot of responsibilities, and and it's more of a mental mental responsibility. You know, um, uh, to be able to drive uh, and steer the team throughout the whole 80 minutes so seeing him do well in the um crusaders team and uh hopefully it just transcends into the all blacks environment as well which i'm pretty sure it was and i, mean, I yeah'm I'm, I'm ready to see uh a, a Samoan tongan first five guide the all blacks to 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 the championship yeah so those nice. two are my two players yeah
1: yeah nice brother yeah i agree
0: with that man he was up there for sure uh, dan said did you ever stand up play of the tournament yeah I was just thinking about it what well, these guys um doing their one I think uh, Shannon Frizel will be up there yeah. I think um, um, what Sally was saying about him and he's, he's growing into a great number six and uh, you know a classic number six especially you know because we haven't had a number six uh, a, a good number six that looked the likes of Jerry Collins you know what I mean and I think he's probably the closest to be uh, like uh, similar to Jerry Collins play he's um. He is another player, just like Cameron said. If he wasn't in that Highlanders team, they, they would have lost a few games. And without him, you know, they would have lost a few games. But, man, he's every game he's played this season, man, his stats were up there. Um, uh, my second would probably be like uh, Richie Moana, is another another good player. But I'll, I'll go with Shannon Frizzell as my standout player of this season, this, uh, this competition.
1: Yeah. Nice, good picks there, boys. Um, I can't disagree with any of them, and it just depends on who you like. But I, I'm also gonna. I also think Monga I think the fact that his team won also mm. helps his cause because you know the fact that he was able to guide guide his team to victory and win the competition. And like you say, Stalev, first five a lot of responsibility at first five. And it's interesting with the north south coming up because it could be Munga for the south against Bodie for the mm. north. And I, I don't know if the what what the All Blacks selectors are going to do because I don't know <coughs> who the uh, who the selectors like at, at ten at this point. I've heard a lot of different arguments for both, but uh, yeah, I just think it's another opportunity for both of them to put their hands up and say, "Hey, look, I'm the ten for the All Blacks." But yeah, I thought Wonga, he put his case forward at the start of the season. I would have said that uh, Bodie should be at uh, ten for the All Blacks, but now I'm not so sure. No, I think uh, Mm. Richie's getting up to that point where he might be the guy. So, yeah, I agree with that. I've gone for um, Richie Maunga as as, as my um, MVP. And shout-out to Joey. That was his pick in the uh, round one predictions. So Joey's actually been pretty good. He also picked the the Crusaders to take it out. So, um, mate, shout-out to him. Uh, One thing I'm going to do, which I should have done and I forget it now – but because some of the predictions have been pretty good, I'm going to open up a uh, counter TAB account and then start putting
0: some money and winning <laughs> us some money. Let's then. Put in 10 bucks a week.
1: Yeah, yeah, put in 10 bucks a week. We'll have some predictions what like we've been doing and uh, we'll play some bets and hopefully at the end of the year we can have some beers and stuff <laughs> with the
2: winnings.
1: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so um, yeah, good stuff there, boys. Um, we're, we're just about to wrap up now. Um so we'll just get, go around the room and get some, some final thoughts just on the Super Rugby Aotearoa comp and just rugby in general. So, yeah, Camus um, okay, brother, I'll come to you first. Man, have you got um, any thoughts on, on the competition and everything?
3: They said um, if the COVID situation keeps up in Australia, then we'll probably see another Super Rugby Aotearoa next year. I hope that the upcoming minor 10 Cup will be successful. Just give a, an, another dynamic to the game of rugby in New Zealand. Like, I really think five teams yeah, is not that's enough. That's
1: good call there. Yeah, I agree with that about the two games. Um, I'm not sure that's enough um, for whatever. But yeah, uh, NPC with All Blacks is definitely advertising for me. I might be a bit old school, maybe like yourself, Cam, where we remember the glory days.
2: But uh, yeah, good good thoughts there. How about you, uh, Sally? Have you got some final thoughts for us, bro? No, um, oh, it was just good to see, um, yeah, just the local derbies. It was good to see, um, if anything, especially after the lockdown level four, it was good to see Eden Park be full uh, filled up again. And I'm pretty sure the the weekend just gone would have been another uh, packed out game as well. So uh, especially for us Blues loyal fans, you know, it's it um, not only bad to see when the team is doing poor but then you look around um especially if you're watching from home and the stadium's empty so um it was good to see the the crowd turn out uh for auckland as well as the other franchises as well and i'm sure they could have um all used the financial support uh, from from those um sales as well so um it was good to see um it was good to see that um um like the players were playing with a lot more pride, especially when it's you know when you're playing against your your friends that you probably uh, know on a personal level, but see them bring a um bringing it every week, uh, and I'm I'm really excited for um for next year and um what what whatever the platform um, may be for Super Rugby, whether it's with some Aussie teams or not. But I'm 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 just still um, I I thought this Super Bowl Rugby outsider was was a great success, and I yeah, can't wait to. To see what um next year unfolds
1: yeah
0: nice agree with all of that
1: yeah uh, how about you dance brother you got some final words for
0: us yeah i agree with the boys um with the competition next year um i'm hoping that um uh this COVID thing calms down a bit so that we get uh, a few more super rugby teams with uh, the likes of australia and their, their gaia teams so we can show them how to really play rugby um and right now, I know it's just a shame that we couldn't play the the final. Um, you can know, have a final in our competition, like Australians do. Um, now I've got to go watch them play, which is yes, uh, all right. I just can't wait. I just can't I honestly can't wait for NPC to start now. And like you said, man, it'll be good to see some more blacks in the NPC teams uh, throughout the competition. Uh, one thing I do did notice was that uh, the refs the refs came came to play. At the end of right near well, halfway through the season, uh, they started being a bit more lenient uh, with the rules. But in saying mm. that, it was kind of good that they had these um, these rules laid down for our players, our New Zealand players, because it made them to be a better player. You know what I mean? So it wasn't a bad thing, and uh, and I think they came they were, they were a bit bit more lenient. Uh, during the during the competition, which was good, and made the game flow a bit better. They must have heard our cries on, on this podcast or something. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, all in all, man, it was an enjoyable season to watch. And I just, I honestly can't wait for more rugby. Yeah,
1: good good thoughts there. And I think that was the thing for me as well. Like two games a week, like you touched on, and Kem's touched on as well. It's probably been it was a bit hard. You know, it made every game almost must watch, which is probably good. But, um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I'll just echo the thoughts of the panel. I thought Super Rugby Old all was, was an outstanding competition and full of top-class rugby. You know, I'm not sure what the future holds, much like you boys, but, um, you know, this competition captured uh, the hearts of the New Zealand public, and we saw sell-out crowds and record uh, crowds for the first time. And you mentioned Eden Park. We haven't seen Eden Park like that for years. So I think afternoon rugby as well. Sunday afternoon games were a success, so I hope they carry on with that. And yeah, hopefully the powers that be have learned something about what the New Zealand public want and, you know, the, how we, the quality of domestic rugby that we're after, so they can use that knowledge to improve super rugby going forward, whatever it looks like. But um, yep, boys, I want to thank all the listeners for joining us for another episode of The Counter Ruck. We're available on the usual podcast platforms, so Stitcher, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio and many more. So uh, keep listening. And, boys, just thanks for being part of the pod and sharing your rugby knowledge and enthusiasm. So Dan, Sully, Cam, uh, thanks, boys. We'll be back again next week. And keep an ear out for Sully's podcast coming out shortly, So well. I'll give you a plug, brother.
2: Yeah, cheers. Thanks, brother. Yeah. All, All right.
1: right. Thanks,
0: boys. Cheers. Thanks, uh, for, for. Nice. Nice, boys. <laughs> Sweet. Bye. Uh.